I think this podcast will really help you to understand that God prepares the way as he's taking you into the future. He takes care of each step. He places you exactly where he wants you to be to accomplish his purpose. And I've always found that his way is much better than what I would have planned. From the time I was born again, God began bringing thoughts to my mind by his spirit to show me what to do and to show me things to come. The first time I recall this happening, I knew it was God speaking to me. I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit at that time in 1975, but I knew this was God speaking to me. At least I believed with all my heart it was God speaking to me, and because I believed, it enabled me to go forward doing what I heard to do. At that time, I owned a small business in Texas, and a woman filed a lawsuit against me. I heard these words. It was just like a thought in my mind. Don't testify. It was so clear to me not to testify in the court trial which she was pursuing against me. Please don't think for a second that this means you would never testify. In that specific instant, God told me not to testify, or at least at that time, I believed it was God. I didn't know much about the Bible in those days. I had no idea I was called to be a minister and exhort the church. I'd just been born again and was quite excited about things of God, I had been taken into heaven twice, transported into heaven in the night as I had been asleep. And I knew I was with God. I knew I was with Christ. I knew I was with the Holy Spirit. At that time, I was merged into the body of Christ. I did not see any physical images. This was a, an experience in the Spirit as John described in the book of Revelation, when he was taken into the Spirit and God showed him things to come. At that time, the one thing that happened to me is I was made one with the Word of God. So I had an extremely strong desire toward the Scriptures. A few nights later, the exact same thing happened to me again. I really thought this happened to all Christians. But this was groundwork for that which was going to be done with me in the future, I think. I think that's what it was. But it did really change my life. It and being born again. Although I still didn't know anything about the Spirit of God and the work that God does for us by His Spirit. I didn't know any of those things. Looking back on this situation, knowing how little I knew about God, it's just kind of amazing to me that I could have really believed that strongly that it was God saying to me, don't testify at this court trial. 
because I risk everything. This girl saw me as a way to get a great deal of money. If she had been able to win her case, she could have possibly taken all of my merchandise at that time. I didn't really have any money. I just had merchandise in the shop. But she could have likely gotten all of that. My lawyer said, if you will testify, we will win this case. He said, I think we'll win it anyway. But if you testify, I know we'll win it. But he said, Flo's testimony will probably be strong enough. She was a woman who worked for me who witnessed the situation over which the girl was suing it, suing me. And he thought her testimony would be strong enough and that we would win without my testimony. But he said, I know we'll win if you testify. And I said, I, I can't. I believe God has told me not to testify. He said, well, that's all right. We'll go forward. I didn't realize how much trouble I was going to have with my own friends and office workers. When Flo, who witnessed the situation, heard I was not going to testify, she was very angry. And she came to me and she said, since you're not testifying, all the burden is upon me. And I said, well, I'm sorry, but I think I've heard from God not to testify. She didn't seem to be appeased by that information. She was still upset with me. The man I was dating at the time was not pleased with my decision not to testify. And he said, Joan, you're not going to do this girl any good by not testifying. And I said, I'm not trying to do her any good. I believe God has told me not to testify. Of course, he didn't understand that. And no one, I don't think anyone understood that this was really God and that I was following God. And I don't even know how I understood it, looking back on the situation. I didn't have any evidence. I just heard, don't testify. So we went to the court trial, and after Flo's testimony, my lawyer came to me and said, Joan, Flo's testimony did not go as well as I had thought it would. But if you will testify, we will win this case. And I said, well, I'll see. And I got up, and I went into the bathroom, and I said to God, what do you want me to do? And I heard, don't testify. So I went back into the courtroom and I just shook my head no, that I couldn't testify. We went on with the court trial. I was acquitted of all charges. And we won the case. But there were many times it looked like we wouldn't win the case. And I remember even saying to God, I hope you know what we're doing. I'm going to lose this case. But we didn't lose. But the amazing thing to me in looking backward is somehow God put this so strongly in my heart not to testify that I could actually do that word, what he said, and not testify. For I knew nothing, absolutely nothing at that time 
about the Holy Spirit. In the days ahead, God was going to teach me the working of the Holy Spirit, and since that time, I've heard from the Holy Spirit many times concerning things to do, directions to go, and even things that would come. For Jesus said this about the work of the Holy Spirit in the believer. John chapter 14, verse 26. Here are two things the Holy Spirit will do for the believer. Jesus says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. That way we know the way to go. The minute the Holy Spirit brings to our mind a scripture or a concept, we know what is approved by God. We know what to do in the specific things of this present life. In John sixteen thirteen, Jesus says two more things that the Holy Spirit will do for us. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear from God, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So these are four things the Holy Spirit does for us as long as we live on this earth. We have the Holy Spirit in us doing these things for us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. After we believe the word of truth, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit, and he lives in us. I'm quoting from Ephesians 1 as well as 1 Corinthians 3.16. That says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you day and night, wherever we go, as long as we're left on this earth. We have the Holy Spirit to teach us all things, to remind us of everything Jesus has said to us, to guide us into all truth, and to show us things to come. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth and is a great help to us, and a great comforter, and a great assurance, especially in times of change. Because when he has shown us what to do, and you know it is the Spirit of God showing you this, you can go forth in faith with great assurance. Often, even before a change is going to happen in our lives, God will plant in our hearts the information that the change is coming and will cause us to rejoice in the change and not be fearful, to go forth with peace and joy and assurance that it is the will of God to go this direction. In this podcast, I tell the story of such a change. It happened to me in December of 2018. I lived 
alone in a large house in Texas. I had lived alone for, oh, ever since my mother died, about 18 years. I began to feel that the time was coming that I could no longer live alone. I began to feel that I no longer wanted such a big house. I really wanted, like that prophet in the Bible who had one room with a bed and table, and all my things around me in that room, I didn't want them spread out over a large house. I had that change in my heart. Now, I believe these things were planted in me by God, by His Spirit. The Spirit of God, one of the things He does is show us things to come. There was a change that was coming to my life, and I sensed that change. I was aware of it. I didn't know what it would be, but I was aware of two parts of it. I didn't want to live alone, and... I wanted all my things around me instead of having such a big house. I also didn't want the responsibility for property, having to see to the maintenance, having to take care of the lawn, having to be concerned about property. I didn't want this in my life. God, I believe, had put all of that in my heart. He had given me the desires of my heart. He had gotten, he had gone into my heart, and he, sh- he gave me different desires, changed my heart entirely before the change was going to come. I also began to have thoughts about moving perhaps to Colorado Springs, from Texas to Colorado Springs. We had one of our church members living in Colorado Springs. She and I worked together on the ministry blog. She did the technical work for the ministry blog and still does. And she did all of the technical work for the books that I've published through Amazon. She also did the podcast, all the work on the podcast and all the work on uh, later Twitter. Although we didn't have podcast at the time of in 2018. That started later. She did the books and the blog. And I saw how she, uh, how she worked with her life. When she had a problem, she turned to God with the problem and resolved the problem. She didn't usually tell me the problem before she resolved the problem with God. And then she might mention to me, oh, I had this problem and I turned to God and he showed me such and such. That was her way of life. Most people just turn to me with their problems. I hate that. They put their trust in me instead of in God. I knew I could be around this person because I'd seen that she turns to God with her problems. Few people do that. Few people in churches do that. It's, it's a thing we learn to do as we go along in our life as Christians, but some people in churches never learn to do that. They never learn to do Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Unto God. It takes a faith in God and a belief that God will hear you and help you. 
as we continue as Christians, some of us do keep have that faith in God, and then you have to keep that faith in God as long as you live on this earth, turning to him for your solutions. He may use a person to help you. He may choose to have you go another way. But he is the key, always. I don't tell God how to communicate with me. In other words, I don't say, please have the Holy Spirit tell me such and such. I just talk to God about the problem, and then he brings the solution as he wills so that I will know what to do. He could just plant it in your heart. In Hebrews chapter 8 and also in chapter 10, we read of God planting his laws in our heart and in our mind. He can just do that so that we just go that way. He could have the Holy Spirit remind us of something or bring a concept to us. So he could give us a dream. There are many ways God has of communicating with us. We simply trust God to somehow communicate with us in a way that we can understand it. On the court trial that I've already spoken to you about, God just planted in my heart what to do. Don't testify. It was just clear. Planting it in my heart. I've had times when God, I believe, sent an angel to me to tell me what to do. That happened in January 10th, 1980. I was asleep in the night, and I was awakened by a very loud trumpet-like voice that said in my mind three words, Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I looked up KWJS and found it to be a radio station. I said to God, are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. And instantly, the thought came into my mind, call the radio station manager. Now that was from the Holy Spirit. That was the information I needed to show me what to do. I called the radio station manager that same morning, and told him that God might be leading me to go on radio, and I asked him how you would do that. He said, make an audition tape 29 and a half minutes long and send it to me, and if you fit our broadcasting, we will offer you a contract. That same morning, I recorded a 29 and a half minute exhortation on a cassette tape. I mailed it to him that same morning. Within five days, I was broadcasting on radio KWJS. All led because of the three words spoken into my ear in the night. Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I believe that was an angel of the Lord because I've read so many times of angels in the Bible, of angels with very loud voices, and that was like a trumpet. And you will often read in the Bible a voice like a trumpet. It is very piercing and gets your attention. 
So what I'm going to share with you next is the story of being shown ahead of time things to come. And when that happens to you, and you know it's God, you have such assurance in going forward. It's incredible how peaceful you will be and how you go with joy. On December 6, 2018, I fell at my house in Texas. I was in the hallway adjacent to my bedroom when I fell. I fell on a tile floor. I knew immediately I'd broken some bones. I started trying to crawl to the telephone, but it was just far too painful. I could maybe manage an inch at a time. Nobody was due to come to my house until a week from Monday. I knew I would die if I couldn't get to the telephone. I tried to crawl, but it was just too bad. I had broken a left hip and badly broken a left wrist. I managed to turn on to my right side and started to try to inch my way to the area where the phone was. I was probably 81 years old at that time. As I was lying there, I heard from God. The Holy Spirit said these words to me. Quote, you can do this, end quote. You can do this. Well, I knew then I could. That gave me the strength to keep trying to get to the telephone. It took four and a half hours. When I reached the telephone, I was on the floor, but I was going to pull on the phone cord and try to get the receiver to fall off to me. But the receiver squirted across the room somewhere, and I never saw it again. But there was a Kindle tablet under the table. It was recharging. If I could get to the Kindle tablet, maybe I could send an email for help. I did manage to get the Kindle tablet, and I did send an email to our church group just simply saying, Fallen, help, send ambulance. I heard the phone ring once after I sent the email, and I was pretty sure that was somebody that had gotten the email trying to contact me. It wasn't long before I heard the ambulance workers at the front door they put me on a gurney to roll me to the ambulance to take me to the hospital. As we reached the front door of the house, I heard a second time from God through the Holy Spirit. And what he said to me is this, quote, you'll never see this house again, end quote. The Holy Spirit shows us things to come. That's one thing he does. That's in John chapter 16, verse 13. This is very helpful information for me. It didn't concern me one bit. I wasn't frightened. I knew God was going to move me to another location. I did not know where but I knew I was not going to be in that house again. 
So from the hospital, I put the house up for sale. One of our church members said, I don't see how you can do this. I said, well, I've heard from God that I will never see this house again. I was not frightened. I didn't know whether I would live or die after the operation. I had to have an operation to fix my broken hip as well as the left wrist, which was badly, badly damaged. But I knew that was information from God. You'll never see this house again. I knew God had another plan for me. But there were times that I didn't know if I would live or die. I can have to tell you it didn't matter to me. I knew everything would be fine. I don't even remember praying to God to help me to live. I just knew it would all work. Because by that time, being 81, I had experience with God and had come to trust Him. And I knew whatever He did would be better than what I had in previous experience. I was in the rehab hospital for two and a half months, and in that period of time, Pam Paget in Colorado Springs communicated with me several times and flew to, from Denver to uh, Lubbock, Texas, where I was living. She flew down there about four times to help me. During that two and a half months, God reached me with a plan and reached Pam with a plan, and it coincided I would move to her house in Colorado Springs. She had a bedroom which she had prepared downstairs, um, had finished working on it just before Thanksgiving, and I fell December 6th. So the bedroom and a guest bath downstairs was ready. Everything was ready for me. I moved into her house. Pam flew to Lubbock, and we went back to Denver on commercial plane, drove to Colorado Springs. Everything was ready. She had come down in January to get my cat and had taken my old car back with my cat to Colorado Springs. Everything just fell in line beautifully. In writing this, I was reminded of Isaiah 55. Starting at verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For the, as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it, bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my words be that go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. 
For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. I've learned so often with God, if I dread something, turn to God in prayer. There may be another way to go, or I might need to cancel the appointment or cancel the plans or rearrange them. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. You must have both joy and peace in the plan as you go forth. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. As I reported the following weeks with our church group, one woman wrote and said, I feel like I'm living in a Walt Disney movie. <laughs> it, that was like that. It was so wonderful. It was great living with another person who had the Spirit of God and followed God. Verse 13, Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. And when you are going in the way of God, I found it's so much better than the way that I had been going before. And it is like, instead of the thorn, there's all of a sudden a fir tree. And, there's a, and instead of a briar, there's a myrtle tree blossoming with beautiful flowers in the way of God. And there's joy and peace. And the yoke is easy. The burden is light. And these are the characteristics of following God. And it's so helpful if you can recognize the ideas that are brought to you by the Spirit of God who dwells in you because they bring such peace and comfort and you have an anchor for your soul because you have God's word and his assurance. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.